0: Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. If you're interested in seeing how the journaling that we mention in the podcast works, check out our website at familybiblejourney.com or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. When you see the logo, you found our page and you will see lots of posts that we update regularly from the podcast Journal Bible. Thanks for listening. This is episode 9, season 1 of the Family Bible Journey New Testament podcast. Today, we're looking at Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 48. The title of today's podcast is You Are Light. Our key verses for today are Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. We read: You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all on the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This far our reading. And so I do have highlighted in this chapter, uh, verse 14, you are the light of the world. And also verse 17, where Jesus tells us the reason why he came from heaven to earth. He says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets, but I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus here, as we continue the Sermon on the Mount, is teaching his disciples a new way to live, and that is to live in love. You, my friend, are the light of the world because God has filled you with his love, his sacrificial love, his redeeming love, his love that gives you new meaning and eternal purpose for your life. You have been filled with that love. And love today in our culture is very much misunderstood because the secular and the common public understanding of love is. And the portrayals that we often hear in our music and see on the big screen and read in books are, the, are based upon the idea where love is basically lust. Love, according to the secular world or the unbelieving world, is getting what you want or need from another person. Finding that person that completes you, that fulfills you, where you and your felt needs are met by this other person. But the love that God shows us in Christ Jesus is quite the opposite. Love that he shows us always serves the other person. It always puts the other person first. And I think that it is pretty common that when we are young and we are in love, that we often fall into the trap of thinking of love in worldly terms. And we we often choose our life's partners by looking for those things that complete us, and fulfill us. And there is definitely good wisdom in finding a person who is a complementary part to your life, somebody whose strengths are not your strengths, whose, whose weaknesses may be your strengths. Because in a good and a godly relationship, a husband and a wife are called to complement and to complete each other. But we aren't completed by simply having our felt, needs, met. No, there needs to be a meeting of the minds in a way that is blessed by God. And it is only in a marriage relationship where a husband and a wife learn to love each other unconditionally and in family relationships where parents and children and extended family members love each other unconditionally by putting the other people first that we begin to experience a small measure of God's love at work in the world that we live in today. In this godly kind of love, it pours itself out for another person. It gives for the sake of the other person. Even if we don't think that we're going to get something in return, we are called as God's people to love in a way that always puts the other person first. And we see that the summary of God's law is nothing other than love. In the first table of the law, we are told to love God above all other gods. The second table of the law is all about loving our neighbors more than we would love ourselves. Because if we lived in a world where everyone always put God first and where everyone always put the other person first, we would live in a world that is full of abundance. There would be no lack. There would be no scarcity. There would be no poverty. Even if we lived in a world of, of sin and death, in a world where people put the other person first, first or in a community where people put the other person first we would see a measure of heaven here on earth and this has, of course led many people throughout the course of human history to try to recede from society right and to build closed communions and communes and unfortunately this never works out on this side of eternity because we can never get away from the root human condition which is evil which is sin which always serves itself First, And so these communities are destined to fall. They're destined to fail because they are filled with sinners and even the best institutions, even the best churches, even the best communities. The only hope in these communities is that the love of God would prevail, that sin is reigned in and that people are blessed by receiving the goodness, the love and the care of other human beings, because that is what God has created us to do, to love him and to love others above ourselves. And as the sermon continues of Jesus, we see a section here on anger. And what is anger? What is at the root of every angry episode? But this feeling that somehow my rights have been stomped on, that my rights have been violated, that I have somehow been abused by another person, is this not the root of human pride? And if we lived in a world where we always put the other person first, then this anger and hatred and murder would be short-circuited before it even started. But Jesus addresses anger in this section because anger is one of the symptoms of putting ourselves first over others. He also goes on to talk about lust and divorce. And it is sad that we live in a culture and in a country where many people are walking away from the institution of marriage, treating marriage as if marriage has somehow failed humanity when the reality is the institution of marriage has not failed as This is God's design for humanity in the garden before the fall into sin. The reality is that we as sinful human beings fail marriage. And when we do, marriages dissolve and they dissolve in divorce. And and this is a difficult thing. And there are, are many people listening to this podcast, undoubtedly, who have been divorced. And I want to assure you, my friend, that if you deal with chronic guilt or feelings of shame because of a marriage relationship that has fallen apart, that God's grace, mercy, and love are there for you right now. And that God has great plans for you right now, despite that marriage falling apart. And I don't want us ever to just dismiss the significance of divorce. I also don't want us to heap shame and guilt and remorse on those who have been divorced because the reality is sometimes marriages fall apart for a variety of reasons. And it isn't always the case that everyone is always at fault. Yes, everyone is a sinful human being. And yes, we are all prone to put ourselves first over the other person. But when a marriage falls apart, it doesn't mean that both persons necessarily were the reason for that marriage falling apart. It is said that it takes two to tango, but the reality is that it only takes one to walk away. And so we want to be very careful and very gentle with our friends, our family members who are in difficult relationships, who have seen relationships with people that they may have loved more than anyone else on this earth fall apart. Because whether or not it is their fault These things cause lasting damage in our hearts, in our minds, in scars, in our souls, that only God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness can heal. And so Jesus, in every aspect of life, is encouraging us in this chapter simply to love, to live according to his love for us, so that his light would shine in our lives. And the chapter ends in verse 48, with Jesus saying, Therefore, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. We will never, my friends, on this side of eternity be perfect, but this doesn't mean that we can't try. Do you know what a blessing you can be in a world that's going from bad to worse when you shine the light of Christ's love simply by loving the people that God puts into your life? Even those living in utter darkness recognize the light of love when they see it, when they receive it. And they were actually created, my friends, for this love, to receive this love. And so the witness of God's people living in love is tremendous. And when we give them love, even and especially when they don't deserve it, we are showing them a measure of God's love at work in the world. We are bringing glory to Christ's name, the name of the one that we call ourselves by as Christians. And we then become a part of the hope that there is for this world. Because even though humanity has been wired for sin since the fall into sin, God's grace is abundant, his mercy is powerful, and his love overcomes all obstacles, burdens, and objections. And so we, as God's people, have wonderful reason to live our lives recognizing that we are the light of the world, that city that has been set on a hill that would draw others to God, that they too can receive his love and mercy as we have received it from Christ Jesus. And it is on this note of great hope recognizing the power that we have been given by God to shine His light in the darkness, then we conclude today's podcast with our blessing. If you appreciate this podcast as a part of your daily routine and would like to become a monthly sponsor so that others are blessed as you are by the podcast, go to familybiblejourney.com to learn more. Sponsorships are tax-deductible and cover our operating expenses like hosting and the services that make this podcast work. Our blessing for today. You are the light of the world, so shine brightly with the love of Christ Jesus. Amen.